Welcome to the Hotel Podcast with me, your host, Colin Telford. And tonight, joining me, I have got self-styled queen of meme. Come back to the podcast, Emma Quigley. How are you today, Emma? I'm doing really good. How's everybody else? Yeah, good. Well, let's uh, who's who's here? Let's peek behind the curtain. I've got a future crypto billionaire. He's just been filling us in on how he's going to buy the club, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't know about it until we start signing uh, Ronaldo. David Roxburgh. David, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. I think by the time uh, it comes to fruition, Ronaldo might even be past it. So might be waiting a while yet. We just uh, live with our our uh, current supreme leader. He'd still do a job, I'm sure. And we've got a second generation only. Any, uh, I was going to say only an excuse. Forget what we're actually called. Only the only uh, son of editor Sean Smith. Sean, how are you? Hi, Colin. I'm good. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me back on. It's good to. Good to be here once again, chatting all things Airdrie. Well, it should be good to be here because since the last podcast, it's been another three victories uh, and one one draw against Bloody Clyde, which um, we're all, I think we're all concerned about having a look back on that one. But yeah, Andrew's advice was keep winning. Uh, the team's managed to do it. So how are you feeling about it? David, we'll start with you. What, what are you making of life as an Airdrie fan? I am loving this season, right? But you're right. You almost get spoiled because you then start getting frustrated with draws against the likes of Clyde. And those are definitely results that I really hope we don't look back on at the end of the season and think, what if? Um, I made a bold prediction last week that if we beat Falkirk, I think we can go on and win the league. We did beat Falkirk, but obviously Cove, even with 10 men, look equally strong. You know, um, beating Clyde, something we seem to struggle to do. So a couple of big games coming up, which could be season-defining, let's be honest. Queen's Park followed by Cove. You know, where will we be in two weeks' time result-wise? It's um, a hell of a lot more exciting than some of the mid-table draws that we've suffered in previous seasons. I mean, I referred to it as Mad March in the last podcast. Uh, it started with two, what on paper looked really tough, a wee fixtures, Emma, you were at them both. It seemed actually performance-wise pretty good. I mean, certainly against Falkirk, we weren't troubled at all. Uh, and a good 2-0 victory at, at Aloha. What did you make of those? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I was, wasn't was at the Aloha game. That was actually the one that I that I missed. Um, and I think, um, I kind of like to echo what David said, you know, it's just such an enjoyable time to be an Airdrie fan at the moment. Um, I don't think I remember a season like this in... Oh, I don't know. Going, going back and back, I keep telling my daughter that and we're sitting, you know, sitting at the Falkirk game and we're four one up, and I'm like, this just doesn't happen very, <laughs> very often. Um, I mean, I, so I can't really comment too much on Dalwa performance other than obviously one of the goal, just excellent, you know, excellent build, excellent pass. It was just fantastic goal. Um, I was really delighted actually to see Callum Smith getting his shooting boots on. Um, I was at the away game up at at Peterhead, and I think. Um, kind of touch on what David was saying earlier I think you can start to take it for granted a little bit perhaps um, because we're on such an excellent run and you can start to lose a bit of perspective and you maybe look at the draws and you know 
and if you look at them in isolation, you can get a bit down about it. But actually, we were unbeaten since since Christmas. Um, I don't remember a run like that either. And then the Falkirk game, I mean, I'm still really nervous about going anywhere near whether we're going to win the league or not. I'm still very much, you just take it a game at a time. And as Andy says, as long as we just can keep winning, then there's nothing much we can do about Cove and the run they're on. But there was just one point where... I can't remember if it was in the lead up to the, the third or the fourth goal and the play was just happening in front of us and I had a real moment of I actually fully believe this team can do this. You know, if the other results go away, especially at home in a couple of weeks, I've got total faith in them. And Sean, you were at most of the games as well. I forgot, Emma, you told me you weren't at the Alloa game. Obviously, wasn't listening. Uh, Sean, you, you're the same. You've been travelling just about everywhere except Alloa. Uh, what, what have you made of it? Are you feeling confident? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's correct. I've been uh, been all the games recently, apart apart from Alloa. Um, but yeah, I can only I can only echo what uh, David and and Emma have said. It's been it's been terrific. That's his uh, thirteen games unbeaten now, which is which is a tremendous record. That that's league title winning form. Um, and yeah, can't can't complain at all uh, with the results and um, with the with the performances as well, especially on Saturday. It was just, it was just fantastic entertainment. Um, you know, four goals, uh, some great football. I mean, you know, we were, you know, you, you heard on the highlights as well. We, we were signing Eardry take the piss, which hasn't probably hasn't happened for a for a long, long time. But but we were, you know, we we, we were we were doing that and we were taking Falkirk apart with ease. And there's not many better sights than that. So yeah, it's been it's been terrific. It's it really, it really has been it really has been. It really has been a great season and very enjoyable. I'll put it to any of you, but on thinking about it, when is the last time that we went in a run of 13 games unbeaten? I mean, I, I genuinely cannot think of when we have ever been on such a run since I've supported the Adrian. It maybe has happened probably back to your, you know, first time round on Coyo days, I'd imagine, if that, but um, that's one for... A stato geek, I think, to look at. Maybe when we won this league, I think from like when Lovren joined until the end of the season, we potentially went unbeaten. So you're talking about the same thing, like January onwards, uh, it must be there or thereabouts. Uh, but it's it's incredible how good the form has been. The one concern against that must be that Cover kind of matching us game for game. They, they were 2-0 down against Aloha, so even though we were 1-0 down at halftime, you're kind of hoping that something might have gone our way there, but we drew with Clyde and they got back to uh, a draw against Aloha. And then, as you say, on Saturday, you're looking at the scores, Clyde equalising, they've had a man sent off, so you're thinking, oh, maybe Clyde have got a really good away record, so they could do us a favour here. Uh, and they scudded Clyde 4-1, and by all accounts, Clyde were, uh, were terrible. So, is there... What do you think? Are, are, are Cove going to let up, uh, or uh, are we just going to have to say, do you know what? This is as good as it have been for many years, but it might still not be enough. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think I keep banging on to you poor guys when we ever be chatting the, the WhatsApp chat going about how many home games they've had. This is a really tough run of away games they've got coming up. I think it's four in a row, and obviously one of them is at home to us. So. Not home to us at home, um, I, and I just I think if anything's going to give, it's going to give around those games, and obviously we have to make sure that we win our home game, and if we do that, even if they don't slip up before then, I think if we can win our home game, all of a sudden that's a, that's 
pressure because they can't afford to slip up maybe once, not twice. So we can only do, we can only take care of ourselves and we can only you know, look after our own performances and our own matches. So just going to try and concentrate on that and getting along and supporting supporting our team and see what, see what happens. But um, just being in a title race, it's uh, forgot the nerves, the nerves that it brings with every kick of the ball. <laughs> you love everyone. And you're absolutely focused on the football like all week uh, from, from one game to the next. It's amazing how much more often I'll check Pine Bovril or watch the post-match interviews and then watch the extended version of the post-match interviews and watch the highlights and watch the highlights again, watch the other team's highlights. So yeah, that just takes over your life a bit. Uh, Sean, I, I think we would probably need to win just about every one of the last seven games. Have you seen enough from the team that you think we could do that? I, th- I think it's definitely possible and I think I, I think that we can do that. Um, I think as, as we've all been saying, I think this stretch of games is going to be where the league is ultimately decided. Um, so we, we ha- absolutely have to win on Saturday um, going into the Cove game next week and then we have to have to win the Cove game as well and then yeah as you say Colin we just need we just need to keep on winning but I think it's definitely possible I mean we have been winning most weeks and uh, okay we've had a couple of draws uh, we've had a couple of draws with Clyde here in there but but yeah we definitely need to keep on winning and I think um, yeah as, as we've said this is this this is probably the the the, the run of games that's gonna that's gonna define the season because you've got Cove, they've got four away games now against well, Montrose, us, Queens Park, and Falkirk. So that's you know that that's the other that, that that's the best of the rest essentially. So if if Cove are gonna if they're gonna you know if they're gonna drop points anywhere, this is probably where it's gonna happen. So so we need to well hope we need to hope that we need to hope that they do and hopefully we can take advantage of that. And then and that begins that begins this Saturday, obviously. And and hopefully they do. I think um you know, I was checking their previous results and I think they've drawn they've drawn at least once with Montrose this season. I think they've drawn and got beat by Queen's Park. So so it's so it's yeah, it's it's, po- it's possible that they'll it's possible that they'll drop points. So hopefully hopefully they will. David, have you been focusing on that horrible run of fixtures Cove have got starting on Saturday? A little bit, right? But at the same time, away to Falkirk, home to Queen's Park, home to Cove, we, we don't have the easiest ones ourselves, right? And I really do hope it's not a case of 13 unlucky for some. I think if you look to any other season, the run we've got would be good enough to have us soaring at the top, right? So it's typical everywhere. The one year we were putting this great run together with a brilliant team, there's another bloody team doing just as well, right? But they are not unstoppable. They can, and I believe will, slip up. They've had a red card the other day against um, Clyde, so they've got a man down, you know, a, a starter next week um, for them. They're away to Montrose, I believe, so we need Montrose to do their favour. I know that there's always that, no one likes us, we don't care, but I kind of do care just now. I want people to like us a wee bit and do us a wee turn. I think, we need, I think we need another team to definitely do us a turn, because even if we turn Cove over ourselves, we're still needing another team to do the same. Can we win the rest of our games, to Sean's point? Yeah, I think we can. No team in this league we should be afraid of. I think it's starting to get to that. We've talked about cup finals, right? It's not so much coming down to form now. This is where it comes down to bottle, I think. And experience in this kind of position. And this is... I can't remember who I was talking to about it recently, but you know we've suffered in the past by having too much youth 
I would look at Falkirk and say they they've suffered recently for having too many has-beens who are just picking up a last wage. This is the best team I think we've had in terms of a blend of youth and experience that really complement each other. You know, when you look throughout the team and the young guys have got experienced guys around about them chanting them on, they've got a lot to prove, these young guys as well. The older guys, I think, have still got enough seasons left in them that they want to improve and move up. So I would like to think that we might have the edge on Cove. Maybe I'm wrong, but and maybe it's just the diamond glasses, but I genuinely think, taking each game at a time, if we get to that Cove game and it's still five points, or maybe even down to two, you never know, then things can start swinging in our favour. I think it's all going to come down to that game. Uh, I mean, Saturday, no, we need to get Saturday out of the way first. So as you say, if it's seven points, then you're starting to think, even if we beat Cove, it's still four and, and they're not letting up. Um, but if we can keep the gap or, or shorten it ahead of that game, it's just massive. It's your one chance to uh, really close the gap and, and let them feel that heat. And then they've got to go and play on that horrible pitch at Fir Hill, whether that suits them or not, I don't know. Queen's Park, you would think, must be used to it by now. Uh, and then that's kind of Falkirk were absolutely awful on, on Saturday. But uh, if they're still chasing Queen's Park, then their game against Coast maybe going to be their last chance to, to stay in it. And... I don't know, can they actually find form? You, you were nervous ahead of that game, thinking, oh my goodness, they've got Lee Griffiths. He was scoring goals for Scotland not that long ago. But they were so bad on Saturday, now almost writing that one off as they're not doing his favours. So we're going to have this, hopefully, do the business on Saturday and have this huge game, which I think is about all you can ask for. As you see, the points per game that we've got, we'll win this league last year, we'll win it the year our both won it. We're really unlucky to have uh, such a strong team to be up against but that could be exciting as well and if we manage to overhaul it what a season it will have been if be... gonna... on you go Sean I'm sorry I'm just going to say if anyone's going to do us a favour it'll be Owen Coyle's Queen's Park surely <laughs> well, I'm hoping right I'm hoping that because he's not quite in there yet I'm hoping that their team not necessarily are down tools but they've not really got anyone in press just yet so maybe that works to our favour um, for this week I'm hoping it works to our favour for this week. Um, we shall wait and see. I, and this is going to sound horrible, right? But I don't, Cove don't deserve to get promoted, right? They need to languish in this league for a few years and feel the pain, right? We've done our stint. It's our turn. It's our turn to get promoted. How's about that? They wouldn't appreciate it. They need to They need to suffer this a bit more, you're right. Um, yeah, and what about Falkirk? I mean... It's hard to think of a team that's made so many wrong decisions and that they've tried. I mean, they've tried to uh, appoint Sheeran, who actually did have some pedigree and had done well in this league before. They then think out the box and get get their latest manager in and he looks clueless as well. Uh, We've mentioned Griffiths there, signing him. I mean, it seems ambitious. A lot of fans had put in £10,000 each, so they suddenly had some money uh, and they choose to spend it on him. But just nothing seems to be to be going right. I, I know from the chat that we have on WhatsApp, that's a source of great amusement to us, but c- can you quite believe that they're going to fit, it looks like they're going to finish outside of the playoffs for a second year in this league? It's hilarious, isn't it, really? <laughs> no, I mean, it, I don't really know where to, where to start with Falkirk, to be honest. Um, I mean, we, my dad kind of tells a story, he knows a couple of Falkirk fans and when they first came down, um, they were saying they were going to win the league. They were going to amass 100 points. They were going to go straight back up. They were going to win the league, you know, 
more points than anybody would ever um, won before. And, and my dad, obviously, been same, same as us, been watching Airdrie a long time and obviously in these leagues a long time. And he just kind of nodded and said, well, I really hope you do, because if you don't go straight back up, it can be a long time down here. He says, we can, we can attest to that. And obviously, maybe a wee bit unlucky in the COVID season, but weren't we all? Um, you know, we all lost out in some way that season. But yeah, they just seem to have completely lost their, their way in terms of how to approach this league and, and how to get out of it. And I don't know how I would feel being a player. I mean, I'd, I've seen Lee Griffiths on Saturday. He didn't look fit. He didn't look like he had any particular work rate about him. He looked like he was there just to hit corners and free kicks. And obviously, you know, he's getting that excellent delivery hasn't left him but other than that I can't see why he was there I've heard kind of different figures quoted about the amount of money that he's getting obviously paid to be there and if I'm another player in the, the Falkirk dressing room and I'm seeing that you know why should you put in a hundred percent effort when guys picking up a wage and really just seems to be there to hit free kicks just seems to be all wrong it's bizarre I mean he was getting starts for Dundee two leagues up that's the thing that well, I'd heard Dundee couldn't afford or couldn't match what Falkirk were going to pay him, which I don't know if that's true, which it just seems it seems bonkers if you're saying that out loud. That's almost a sign of, I think, a slight arrogance that means that most fans don't have sympathy for Falkirk, right? Because we've been in their position of coming down and being there, thinking with a big club, right? And we've suffered for it. But Falkirk, their own fans, to be fair, say they needed to reinforce in certain positions and it goes back to what I said before, getting young, hungry players with a career ahead of them and a blend with some experience. Falkirk have signed this supposed marquee signing, who, as you said, Emma, he's unfit. He's probably not in the right mental state, really, let's be honest, dropping down a couple of leagues. He's only there to the end of the season, so he doesn't really have any investment in them getting promoted. He's picking up a wage. And it was absolutely the wrong signing, but it, it was almost a desperate signing of, this will appease our fans and it's clearly not worked because it would be okay if you were adding them to an already strong squad but they were adding them to our squad in this array it was never ever going to make the difference as you say Emma is almost like let's wheel them on what was it American football where you can just bring a guy on to kick special you know, teams it's like it's it. let's get them on they'll take some free kicks in corners but he made it easy for our defence Saturday because he never once chased right so the keeper had an easy out every time he threw the ball out wide because Griffiths never once tried a leg to chase Brodie Patterson down or anybody else down. So it's a defender's dream when you're playing against a guy who just doesn't move. And that's where they've gone wrong. They're signing Connor Salmon before him, probably a few others in there. that are just the wrong type of player for this league. They've got it wrong. Time and time again. Yeah, I think the most worrying thing for well, from a Falkirk perspective anyway is they've got about a dozen of those players still signed up for next season and then they've got some who are signed up for the, the season beyond that. And that's gonna you know, that's gonna be hard to it's gonna be hard to shift those players because who's gonna want to, you know, who's gonna want to sign really any of that squad almost? So so you're looking at potentially another season of, of that squad, which probably means another season mid table and mid table in League One. So that's that's <laughs> so yeah. So that that's that's another year wasted um, for them. So it's hard to it's hard to see where really where they where they go from here. They just need a complete turnaround of the of the culture and the and the and the standards there. But if if you've got most of that squad there, then yeah, like I say, that's you're you're not going to be able to do that for another year at least. So it's going to be yes, yeah, so it's going to be tough for them, but it's going to be it's going to be very funny uh, for the rest of us. So I I look forward to. 
I look forward to, to, to seeing how it plays out. And it can it can be done. Like Ian McCall did it. Ian McCall did it against the air. Uh, sorry, did it at air because we beat air four times in a season where they just about went down again. He took. I've said it on here a hundred times. Paddy Boyle and, and Ross Doherty for miles as well as getting good players from throughout the league. So if you get someone who knows the league and is is a proven manager, they could do it. But I don't know, it's Falkirk. They've, they've got it wrong enough times that unless they come and get Ian Murray, which they wouldn't do because he's going to be a league champion manager, uh, then I, I just uh, I wonder who they'll, who they'll appoint. And on that man's name, so we've given him abuse at times, uh, not so much on here, more more behind his, behind everybody's back on the WhatsApp chat because <laughs> that's how I roll. Uh, but uh, he just come off the back of two Manager of the Month awards. More impressive than that, he's managed to avoid the curse of the Manager of the Month award twice, uh, but winning after he's got it. He's been joined in the award ceremonies by two players. So Dylan Easton, we've already praised loads on on, the, on here, and you just can't say enough about him. But also uh, Rhys McCabe uh, got it this month, and um, I know you're you're a, a big fan of Rhys McCabe, and I think you were quite annoyed that he didn't get the club voted award. So were you happy to see him pick up a gong uh, for his, his classy performances? Yeah, I, I really was. And not just because of the last month. I just think across the entire season, he's just been such a fantastic and steady player for us every single week. You know, he never lets us down. I don't think I remember having a particularly bad game. He's obviously played out of position all season. Um, I think we were all kind of clamouring to get him back into the, the midfield a few podcasts ago, but actually I've probably went about full circle and felt feel like for this run and I, I don't I keep everything as is. And I think, um, you know, when you've got the goal scorers and the kind of, you know, talented midfielders that we've got at the moment, maybe it could be just somewhat overlooked a little bit. So yeah, I was really, really pleased. It's getting more difficult, I think, every week to pick a man of the match as well. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes uh, struggle. I think I would have struggled at Falkirk as well because they're just. It feels like they're all just have reached a really good level across the board, which is really great to see. I was a little bit not worried, but I was a wee bit kind of when we were up at, at Peterhead and obviously the Clyde game. It was they were definitely flat performances were a bit flatter, but I think that was maybe to do with where players were playing maybe in certain positions of those games to cover. So just to see those performances come back again is excellent. And yeah, I think. Um, it's always been a bit of a up and down relationship with Airdrie fans and, and Ian Murray and finding the consistency, which it feels like we have now. So yeah, I just the recognition I think is really well deserved. And that that, that blend of youth and experience you mentioned, David. I mean that that's you got to credit Ian Murray for uh, bringing in the, the the guys. So bringing in Easton and McCabe, uh, Agnew as well. I think he. Uh, Played very well on, on on Saturday, but so there's some old heads and, and quite classy, technically very sound players added to four days who he'd already brought in, uh, and Gallagher probably in that bracket as well. The loanees, like loanees, can be an absolute minefield. We've seen some terrible ones. They've all contributed. Really annoyed that we didn't get to keep McEnroy for the full season, but played his part when he was here. Even Big Afalabi scored that goal at Peterhead to to win that game for us. Uh, Brody Parsons slotted in, looks really good, and Scott McGill's played a role. They're all really young guys that ideally you probably wouldn't want to be thrown into the the, the heat of a, a, a title race, but he's managed to do it. He's managed to to blend them. How impressed by him have you been this season? And did you see it coming? I'll be honest, right? I I've always had a love hate relationship with Murray in the sense that. He can just do some great things and then out of nowhere 
do a mind-boggling, strange sub or a strange formation change or something. And it was, it's taken them a while, right? But I genuinely think there were other things at play that stopped Murray having full control. And now he has full control and you can clearly see the difference, right? And I will give him a huge credit. He's done a brilliant job. And it's not only about settling with the team, but it's a bold decision to have somebody like McCabe covering at centre-half, for example, right? And then deciding to keep him there when you've got other centre-halves. But McCabe reads the game brilliantly. I would go as far as to say he's the best person in our team at reading the game. He's better than any of our existing centre-halves at that. Not saying he's our best centre-half, but at reading the game and at that calmness talks everybody through the game. On that note, Agnew probably does not get the credit it deserves, so I want to give him a shout-out because everybody seems to think, oh, McCabe should be in there. But Agnew does... The simple things, if he breaks up play, he calms play as well. He's another senior calm head like McCabe that talks to the players around about him. And I think the recruitment has to go down to Murray for that. A couple of brilliant signings. The the, the, long, the young loan guys that have come in, really good cover. We've strengthened and we now have brilliant cover in all positions, right? Which the benefit of being, Kyle McDonald comes in for Watson after Watson has a couple of dodgy games. McDonald unfortunately gets injured. Watson's come in with a rocket up his arse and suddenly is playing out his skin. Brilliant cross the other day for Gal's goal. He's just upped his level because he knows he has to. Brody Patterson's come in, providing a bit of competition, had a chance playing further up the pitch, then he's dropped back to left back. McGill, who had been covering at left back, finds himself out the squad, comes on on Saturday. Maisie Run scores a goal, knows he needs to push himself. So these young guys might not be from our club. But I think for them to be able to get a, a league winner's medal would mean as much to them as the players that are permanent Airdrie players. That is something they will remember forever. Every single person in this squad will look now and know that they are within grasp, potentially, of a winner's medal. And some of these guys could, could go the rest of their lives and never get one. Some of these guys are further in their career and have never had one. And this is the chance. So I think the team is united. You can tell there's a brilliant atmosphere. You can tell the confidence is growing. Smith, in particular, you know, his confidence must have taken a knock with some of his, you know, misses that he'd had a miss at Clyde. He had a miss away um, when we were at Fort Park. Park. Yeah. yeah, Queen's Park. And it was a tap in, and you're like, oh my God. But yet he has worked hard, dug in, turned that round, and his confidence is high again. A couple of brilliant goals. And Murray ultimately must take the credit for that. He takes the abuse. When things weren't going well, he has to get the ultimate credit for how well we are playing at the moment. And those two um, Manager of the Month awards are absolutely merited. Sean, I mean, it's down to a manager's got to do a few things. He's got to do the recruitment. He's got to put the training in place. He's got to get his backroom staff. Uh, but ultimately, he he is who can develop players. I just said that those young guys that we've mentioned there, we've seen them grow this year. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think yeah, you, you especially see that in Scott McGill. You know, he's a young, he's a young raw player, and you still see that at times. But his development over the course of the season has been terrific. You know, he's played in multiple positions, and he's done he's done well in, in all the positions he's been he's been asked to play. And that'll be that'll be great for his development. That'll give him a, a real a real range of experiences, and um, you know, playing beside guys like McCabe and Fordyce and Easton, that'll that will have been. You know that that will really help bring him on as well. Um, I saw he signed a new deal recently with Hearts, so I think that's probably testament 
um, to, to his development and the time he's had at Airdrie, that obviously Hearts can obviously Hearts can see that um, they can see that he's done well for us. Um, I think he scored five goals or something like that as well, which again is good for a you know a player who's who's played in midfield or or played fullback for most of the season. And I, th- I think it, it's it's one of those things that you know if you get a reputation for developing young players, then you're more likely to get you're more likely to get to to, to get more young players on loan in the future. And ideally, you'll get you, you'll get talented ones because um, we have we have done very well actually throughout Murray's tenure. We've done very well at, at getting good loan players. Um, I think most of the ones. Um, you know, well, I think all of our loan players this season have been have done very well, and you know the last few seasons as well, like uh, you know Turner, Kyle Connell, uh, Leon McCann, who still played well for us this season. Um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, we, we've done we've done very well out of the loan market under under Murray's tenure, and hopefully that will continue. Yeah, you see that with Celtic. I mean, they obviously, I mean, McEnroe wasn't even going to stay there, right? But they obviously trusted them enough that. Uh, Patterson, who I understand is a prospect, he was trusted to to, to bring him on and Afalabi uh, as well. Although I suspect that he might not have a future at Celtic, they're still happy that they trust Airdrie to, to bring those guys on. So no, that, that that's great to see. Uh, I guess there's this question of at the moment, if I'm an opposition coach, how do I stop Airdrie? You think, well, stop Dylan Easton, you stop Airdrie. Nobody's really managed it so far. But even if you do. Frizzle's buzzing about, so he'll get in the space if you're going to double up on uh, if you're going to double up on Easton. The strikers are scoring goals, as you say. Uh, Callum Smith, since he put uh, a Cove defender on his backside, has looked full of confidence. Uh, Patterson can rampage up the wings. Watson scored that absolute cracker against Montrose. Uh, Scott McGill can come on, get you a goal. Rhys McCabe can hit a free kick. Four dice might pop up with a header, so that, that, that you can see threats from all over the, the pitch. They can play in different ways. They're going three up front recently. Uh, it's, just, it's just really exciting to watch, and uh, you've got to put that down to the manager. So I'm delighted for him. Uh, he's really, from the low off, coming back from the enforced break last season and, and getting off to a slow start. Since then, Ian Murray's been excellent. Almost won the league for us last year, and I think Touchwood, we've got a chance of doing it this year. Uh, you touched there on other kind of unsung heroes, I guess, over the recent weeks. Uh, Max Curry, MD, want to pick up that one? I mean, I was uh, kind of cursing him a few times this year with some, uh, the field clearance that went under his foot was probably the ultimate. I thought he had a couple of dodgy moments, but in recent weeks, probably been absolutely key. Yeah, I think um, on Saturday, um, I said this, I think on our WhatsApp chat and Pine Bovril as well, but the save he made from the, the header from Kibaya when it was still 1-0, that's a match-winning save for me because if that goes in, then suddenly the game's won each and the, the momentum of the game potentially changes. And I, I I would like to think we would still have won the game anyway, but like I say, you never know. The momentum may have changed at that point and, and who knows what would happen. So, so yeah, it's a great save. And he made, he made a couple of good saves before then as well. And like you say, I think he maybe hadn't been as good earlier on the season as, as he had been previously. But over the last month or so, I think he has, I think he has, ste- I think he has stepped up again. Um, and uh, and the away trip to Peterhead, I thought he was probably he was probably our man of the match. And yeah, and he's been he's been very reliable and very consistent uh, for for a, for a while now. And that's that's really what you want from your goalkeeper. So, so yeah, uh, well done, Max. Keep it keep up. What about Callum Smith? Four goals in the last two games. Uh, again, David, I was the same as you after the the, the game at Fir Hill, kind of cursing him a bit and questioning whether he does score enough goals. He's been absolutely excellent since. 
I think it's easy to lose your perspective. I think he did have a couple of those misses and I think they just jumped out probably a lot more because of what was at stake in those games. Um, but I think, I'm not sure if it was the Peterhead game, I think when there may be a bit of a, a bug that went round the squad. And I remember we were up at that game and um, I remember, just like I said, I felt there was just something a bit flat about it and there was kind of something missing. And I think it was um, Colin that also does the podcast was actually sitting next to me and it kind of dawned on me that it was his energy a lot that I felt we were missing, even if he's not scoring the goals, the energy that he brings and the pace that he brings. And even if he's not, you know, he's, he's always a nuisance. He's always working. He's always making runs, chasing down. So, um, yeah, I was probably cursing him, as you said, <laughs> more than that, more than I should have done. But I absolutely hold my hands up because I think maybe sometimes to say when a player drops out and you can maybe focus on that element of it and you miss the other things that they actually bring to the squad. And I think um, I was probably guilty of that. So to see him coming back and the shooting boots on and scoring the goals and clearly just enjoying enjoying his football has been great. Yeah, his, um, his work rates, his work rates brilliant as well. I think I think we I think we we can all see that. Um and you saw that on Saturday as well. You know, he was he was get he was running into our half and you know taking the ball off the Falkirk players and then running it back up the line for the pitch and that's 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 fantastic and it's the same with uh, uh, Gabby McGill he was the same as well you know he was he was getting up and down the park all game and he made that you know he made a clearing header as well from from the edge of our box on Saturday as well in the first half and that, that was brilliant to see you can see clearly that, that the whole team has a brilliant the whole team has a brilliant work rate and again that's all that's all you can ask for and yeah just 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 brilliant to see yeah. the thing to remember about Smith as well he's still only what 21 22 Still a young boy with a lot of career ahead of him, and you know he'll still have a bad game in him. He'll still have a mistake in him, a poor decision in him. But you can totally tell it's a confidence game with him. And it, just quickly to your point as well, Sean Gabby McGill, not really mentioned yet. He won absolutely everything in the air before he went off the other day. You can clearly see that he runs out of steam a wee bit because he's still working his way back. But I just think the balance throughout the whole team right now is excellent. The three players up front all offer something different can all complement each other. I just hope that we can continue. I think that's key as well, continuing with the same 11 or as close to the same 11 as well as going over the next seven games is crucial. But even where we've had to mix it up, like Afalabi scored in his, in his start up at Peterhead. Jordan Allen, when he was called on, did a job for us in a couple of games. So uh, we don't have kind of Mitch Meganson. 20-odd goals or whatever, he, he'll be sitting on by the end of the season, but they've all chipped in. And the three up front at the moment does seem to mix really well, David. So let's give them a few games and hope that they can uh, they can really hit their stride and, and keep it up. All right, so down to the big question then. Are we going to do it? Yes yes or no? A good way, good way to finish. You can, you can give a bit of light and shade to your answer as well. David, you've unmuted first, on you go. Yes, I'm going yes. I'm a stupid optimist, right? But if Scotland can get to their first finals in a long time, and when we all probably thought it was never going to happen again, then Airdrie can get promoted. I think, as I say, most exciting team, full of confidence. We have been in this position before and fought and battled. So I would like to think that we we can take it right to the wire and hopefully just squeak it. Do you know what? You guys know I'm always terrified of putting my eggs in one basket because whatever basket I put it in, it always goes the opposite way. <laughs> I'm terrified of drinks now. You know them. So can they do it? Absolutely. Will they do it? We just need to wait and see. But I think the one thing that we've maybe forgotten in our kind of promotion 
title haze that we're all enjoying at the moment is playoffs. You know, we're pretty much guaranteed that we're going to be in the playoffs. So obviously there's more than one route to this. And the second part to that question is, could we get through another playoff? And with the confidence of this team, I don't see why not. I've still got, I'm still in shock from all the. I'm still not recovered from last season, I think, (laughs) or the season, the time before that, or the time before that. I I don't want to jinx it, but this this really is, it's the best Airdrie team in a long, long time. So, and you do have to think, if we don't do it this season, when are we ever going to do it? So, I I won't say we'll win the league, but I'll say whatever happens, we'll get promoted. So, whether that's the league or the playoffs, we'll, we'll finally do it. I'm, I'm with you, David. I'm, I don't know why. I'm, I'm optimistic. Five points is a lot. We need to win the game against Cove to get it down to two. Even then, we need we need to win just about every game. But uh, yeah, I just I just think this run of, of four away games could maybe do for them, uh, and they deserve it. I mean, they got off to a slow start. Six points behind Cove after three games. We're five points behind them now. We've been every bit as good as them and we've lost to them twice. So if we can just win that game uh, in a couple of weeks, then uh, maintain what we've done against all the other teams, there's there's no reason why we can't. And what a way it would be to win a title. So just hope that they keep the dream alive for uh, for a bit longer um, because it's, it's great to watch. Okay, I just listen, say- there's 21 points left. That is a lot of points, by the way. Still to play for 21 and do you know what's Ether? I know it's it's a lot at the moment. People have a lot of financial things. But if you are somebody that listens to the podcast but hasn't been along to to watch them at home, get along. Um, everyone said it's, it's the most enjoyable season for years. It's, we're right at the crunch of it. So if you can get out and even just you know this weekend or particularly the you know the Cove game, you know try and get along because I think um, they really need they really need all that support. No more sorrow. Yeah.